I want to thank you so much for joining us for Kurum Now Socially Distanced Close-Ups podcast. And I'm excited to interview you because you've had somewhat of an illustrious career starting at GE, which is kind of that gold standard back in the day of companies to be working for and then had from your time period at Harvard to other aspects. So I'm excited to learn from you during this interview and kind of dig into some of your pieces of wisdom and also wisdom for others based upon, of course, also your experiences and job and resume coaching and those pieces that you're doing now. So um, thank you so much for, for joining for this. Sure, my pleasure. I'm happy to be part of this organization and assist you in any way I can. That's so kind. So my first question for you is, can you share with me about kind of your career journey and how you decided what your next steps were going to be along that? And if I'm just starting off there. Well, you know, if I were starting today, I'd do things in a much more organized and intentional way. I have to say that my career journey was more haphazard than, than what I would coach people to, to, to do. And I, my parents didn't go to college, and so I just was the first person for my immediate family to, and, and I kind of made my way through finding jobs along the way that, that I felt were interesting, and then taking advantage of opportunities as they were presented. My first full-time job, I don't even know how I ended up actually getting that job with a real estate consulting firm because I had no background in, in real estate or consulting. But that took me on a journey into retailing and specifically store location retailing and eventually into retail management and then eventually into credit where I spent most of the rest of my career was in the world of consumer credit. So that, that was kind of how I navigated that. I will say that there was a point in my career where I felt like I wasn't making the progress that I wanted to make. And at that time, I had a law degree, but I wasn't, I never took a bar exam because I just was kind of launched into a career. The last years of my law were in the evening, actually. I just kind of pursued the career that was in front of me and, and I was enjoying it. But at the point in time where I felt like I wasn't making the progress I made, this is probably the most intentional part of my career path. You know, I said, well, gee, if I only had uh, an MBA from a Harvard or a Stanford, you know, then, then, I, then things would go, you know, in a different direction for me. And so I did apply to those two schools and, you know, I got accepted at both and I chose Harvard and, you know, that's what happened. So I took that particular step in an intentional way. The rest of it was you know, kind of taking advantage of opportunities as they came along. And I don't necessarily, you have to be open to opportunities. You have to think about, you know, if opportunities are presented, what you're going to do. But at the same time, you, you I think in general, it's better to have a direction and a focus that, that you feel is the right path for you. That's great. I love that. And then I do have a, a question because, I mean, Harvard is, a super prestigious institution. And the fact that you were accepted at both Harvard and Stanford is, it just speaks of the caliber of you in many ways. What is it that you took away from your Harvard education that you found to be applicable, if anything, throughout your professional life? Yeah, sure. Well, a couple of things. Number one, it's important to note that 
I didn't go to an Ivy League college. I went to a state school. I went to the University of Illinois. And my grades weren't all that great either at the University of Illinois. And, and when I went to law school, it was not one of the leading law schools. It was a good law school, but it was, uh, I grew up in Chicago. The school was DePaul University, and, and I went to law school there, and most of it in the evening. So the, I guess the point that I'm making is that if you, if you think you can go further, you shouldn't let where you started from be necessarily a limitation. You can, you know, if you have what it takes to, to move forward, you should, you should go for it. In terms of what I ended up uh, taking from Harvard, I think clearly just, just what you said, the name is, is obviously pretty important so that that opens doors that might otherwise not be open. I didn't have business background. I had a liberal education background. I never took an accounting course. But if you apply yourself and if you really you know, want to learn, there's, it's a great place to learn. And, and I think any business school can, can offer you that opportunity. And then, of course, there's the network that you have of people that you want to make sure that you are connected to them and, and trying to establish a strong network of people that you can work with and, and connect with over the years. And that's also been a great help. I guess, from a psychological standpoint, and also from a, a career standpoint. That's great. I mean, it, it definitely leads me into my next question of, as a career coach now, what is like your strongest piece of advice or something that you tell every one of the people that you coach? You know, again, it depends on where the person is and what their need is at the moment. A lot of people, we'll start with resumes because that's where I do a lot of work. A lot of people don't really understand, and I didn't understand going through it, even after Harvard, how to put together a resume. And, and the key there is the resume is not about you. If people kind of think, oh, I have to put down this and that and the other thing. It's, it, but it's not about the things that you've done, where, where you went to school, or what you did. It's what you did and what that's relevant to the, to the job that you want to get. So. The, rev, the resume is a marketing document, a marketing tool, and it markets you to the company that, the, the you, that you want them to hire you and, and to the person who's doing the hiring. So you have to make sure that what you are doing in the resume is not just list everything about you that you think is important, but everything about you that makes the company want to say, wait a second here, we, we think we found the right person for this job. This person has everything we're looking for. You want to make sure that that's what the resume contains. You know, beyond that, I would say the idea about being intentional. A lot of people have starting out in a career. They're not sure where to go and, and what would be a good fit. And, and then if they, after doing some, some kind of testing and so forth, they kind of settle on a on a path. What I ask people to do then is to take a look at job postings for jobs that they might have five or six years from now and for jobs that they would have in the entry level where they're starting out. And, and so that they could see how their current skills and, and experience line up with those entry level jobs because if there are gaps, they need to fill those gaps. Otherwise, they won't be selected for those jobs, but also to have an idea in the future of what kind of things they need to have 
and what kind of experiences and skills and occupations, et cetera, they need to have an education. They need to have to go beyond and to, and, and to get that job that they ultimately want to have five, six years from now. It gives them a path to how to go there. I love that. I mean, I think that, that thinking about it as far as a path and having steps along the way is breaking it down into to bite-sized pieces. You know, there's this idea of you know, during Passover that, that one of the songs that people sing is this song called Dayenu. And it's like, Dayenu, like celebrate. It means that there's, there's enough or it, it is enough. Yeah. And like having that like enough. success along the way for each step and being like checking that off instead of looking at the the end the finish line as the as the goal i I love how you describe that as far as the advice of step by step it's important to tell because you're not going to get from here to there just by letting time go by or by staying in a position you have to prepare for it you're going to have to know what it is that that if you want to be an executive vice president or whatever that what companies are looking for in that job so that you can develop those skills and develop those experiences and those accomplishments so that you can sell yourself into those kinds of positions. If that's It leads me to my next question as far as like you've laid the path and provided the advice. My next question for you is like, what's one guiding light or one value that you think is really important for people to carry with them along their path? Yeah, and, and it's so hard to boil it down to one. But one thing that I would definitely think about, I mean, because there's a really a lot of them, but one of them I think is, is humility. I think you kind of need to have in your, in your mind the fact it's not just you are part of a larger organization and, and other people have skills and talents that help drive the organization and can help you. And trying to be open to the ideas of others and, and actively solicit the ideas of others. Admit that you don't have all the answers and would welcome their input. You know, ultimately, you're going to make whatever calls you have the authority to make, but it, it's good if you can approach it in a way that shows that you're truly interested in views of others and the opinions of others and you respect those opinions and you'll consider them because this helps you form alliances and make better decisions. I love that. And that also like leads me to my final question. Your answers are so always so thoughtful and, and I, I so greatly appreciate them because also it provides me with insight in my career as the executive director of Career Up Now. So my question for you that's going to be kind of an out of the blue question that I love hearing the answer to. It's a creativity question based upon the gestalt theory of that the sum is greater than individual parts. So, so my question for you is, if you were a part of a bicycle, what part would you be and why? Probably not the seat, the pedals, because they are constantly moving the energy of the bicycle forward. And if they're not engaged and they're not active, the bicycle isn't going anywhere. It's interesting as far as like the different responses I get from different individuals. Earlier, I had a call where one of our mentors, Marissa Simmons, said she would be the basket. Oh, because she's like, 
to carry things along. It was uh, one of the other responses that we got was by like a super analytical engineer and he would be the spokes. I was just like, gosh, it tells you so much about how people think to ask one of those like interesting questions. But, you know, I, I really want to thank you so much for joining us today and for your mentorship with Career Up Now and for sharing your wisdom. And I want to wish you success in all your endeavors. Well, thank you, Brad. And, and the same to you, of course.